Rabia. Hey, Ellen. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? You look so pretty. Do I? I got, like I told you, I got an extra light for the room. So it's like, Oh, and look at those cheekbones. I can see those cheekbones from space. Because I got blush. No, Ellen, what you see is cheeks, okay? Not the bones. The bones are like buried underneath the flesh. But anyhow, um, speaking of which. How was your week? Oh, yeah. My weekend. Yeah. How was your weekend? My weekend was a blur. I literally had like, it was one of those weekends, but it's like kids' birthdays parties and mandatory autumn pumpkin patch visit. And there's no (laughs) pumpkin patches are not mandatory, Rabia. You're hanging out with the wrong When you have six year olds. uh, Yeah. And for my 14 year old, she is never not the star of her own movie at any given time of the day. So she is always looking for spots for her and her friends to go to do Instagram pictures. And the pumpkin patch was it. It was a beautiful day, I got to say. I mean, constantly. Is she an Instagrammer? Like, is she an influencer? No, I make her keep her account private. Right. Um, what you don't, you got, you should follow her. I'll, I'll tell her to allow you to, so you can see. And this is, this is how kids take pictures nowadays. Um, Ellen, you know how like we back in the day you're supposed to look at the camera. Nobody looks yeah. at the camera. She's nope. looking off to the side this way, this Mima. way, down. <laughs> What are what are you doing? And it's supposed to be like they're like they're like take the picture, yeah, take the picture. yeah. Take the pic- it's like a planned candid, or they go like this. Exactly. <laughs> there was laughing. one time. There was one time we were out on vacation last year. She hands me her phone. She's like, "Mom, I want you to take." And then she hates the pic- like these burst shots. But anyhow, there's like eight thousand pictures, and she, she this is what she did. I kid you not. She took a step forward, like she's about to walk, and then took a step back. Then took a step forward, then took a step back. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, just keep taking the picture. <laughs> she looked out to the distance. I Do you it. ever tell your kids about going to drop off your film and crossing your fingers that you have <laughs> one printed pictures, one good printed picture, yeah. and then your friends being like, dibs on the double, yeah. because if you were a nice friend, you got doubles. Right, to hand right, out doubles right. to your It costs friend. money, man. It costs money to get extra prints. Yeah, I always found, um, got the doubles. And then you would get some that were like overexposed. Like they will never know the pain of the waiting. We used to go to a place called Family Photo. Okay. <laughs> pulling up to Family Photo. And it was like, what did we, what pictures did we take the last yeah. six months? <laughs> no idea. film was expensive and you got yeah. one picture and you got everyone, we got one take. And you know what? There were times when you got an entire roll back because the whole thing had been overexposed or something. Yeah. So all you got was like these little black film, but there's no actual prints. Yeah. I um, was cleaning out my dad's... Um, one of his side tables uh, a few months ago, and I found an actual roll of Kodak film. I, it might be from 1982. I have no idea. Oh so I have gosh. it, and I'm like, it could be like dust on the inside. I have no idea because we haven't had a camera right. that uses actual film in at least 15, 20 years, 20 years. Yeah. Right? So it's I, digital. It's digital. Yeah. I have, right. It, we went to digital cameras and phones. Anyhow, let's see. I'm going to try to get it processed. I got to figure out where to get it processed, but I'm curious. Well, welcome to Rabia and Ellen Solve the Case, where we solve the case as to what happened to our youth. And if you are listening on our regular feed, welcome. We give you an episode of About Damn Crime, where we cover the true crime headlines. 
We each give you a couple of stories every week and we chat about it. And then we have more conversations in our Facebook group. So if you haven't gone ahead and joined that, go ahead and join. We talk lots of true crime. I actually learn so much from our Facebook group every day. I know. It is I like know. the chillest, nicest. Everyone is there for the right reasons. It's nice and small. It's a lovely place to be. I created but- an entire community yesterday of people who wear sleep socks like me and I, I ignored you, that whole. Post. I saw that, Ellen. I didn't appreciate that. Wait, I saw that but you did hold not. on. This is a visual medium. Hold on. This is for those of you watching on YouTube. Are you? <laughs> Wait, are those the socks I got? When yes, you, went to the you beach? bought me yeah, the yeah, socks. Yeah, yeah, they're the sleep socks on the beach. <laughs> Good job. Ra- oh, Rabia yeah, got me them. these socks because Rabia is like, what do you call it? Um, when when somebody gives you something to like bamboozle you. You know, when someone's like, try this eye cream, but right. actually they work for like an MLM or something. <laughs> what is what is that called? That the word's escaping. Ponzi You're scheme? like an, an, an enabler or something. I don't know. She's trying to get me to sleep with socks on and only sociopaths sleep with socks on. Literally, the socks I bought you are called sleep socks. That's the name of the brand. And by oh. the way, you are alienating all of our Oh yeah! All right. I'm wearing them in I'm wearing them in waking hours, so I guess they're gonna break. They're gonna break right off of your feet. That's what's gonna happen. I'm I'm a rule breaker. I have so wait in our chat because right now we have our star witnesses that get to sit in on our recordings. It's actually one of my they are our patrons, by the way. So if you want to be a star witness, you can actually watch us do these recordings live. Um, and they some of them hang out for the ads, which I don't know, but God bless you. Um, you gotta go to our Patreon page and you can sign up, be a star witness, and join us. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to have a couple more things. Dan Bukatinsky is going to come on and talk about a couple more things from the Jennifer Pando's case. And before we jump in, I was FaceTiming with Connie Shulman last night because she was at a wedding with one of my best friends, Mm -hmm. Jen. No, no, no. They were at a wedding. And Connie goes, Alan, I've heard that many people want me to be a regular. (laughs) So she wants to come back for a couple more things. And I, I have to back. tell you, ever since her episode, I keep saying, are we on poppies? <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop saying that. Ellen, I've heard that Rabia wants me as her full-time partner. <laughs> I love her so much. That if was you didn't catch Patty Mayonnaise's episode on Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell, those two fucking monsters. It is available in our general feed. But this week you were here for About Damn Crime. So should we talk some crime? Yeah, it's been um, an interesting week. Um, not a lot of big headlines, I think, but there are some stories that have caught my eye. Yeah, I have a very... Uh, I'm So every once in a while I can like... You know when you like feel like in a place? I was researching last night... And I got a little in a place. And this morning I was like looking over my notes and I was in a little bit of a place. So Mm. heads up to those of you who are new to me. Sometimes I can teeter into the emotional. Mm. That might happen today, but we'll see. No experience (laughs) with that at all. (laughs) I called Rabia once so hysterical. She's like, Ellen, Ellen, I can't understand you. (laughs) (laughs) I love you so much. Stop reading Reddit, Ellen. Stop it. No, that was that was not it was a Reddit. A, yeah, it was else why I've not looked at I looked at Reddit for the first time in my entire life like three weeks ago. Yeah. And, and last um, time. Yeah. I scheduled an emergency therapy session. <laughs> 
Well, Rabia, one of my favorite sponsors is back, and that is HelloFresh. Before you say a word, I have been using HelloFresh for a very long time. I'm not one for cooking. I'm not one for grocery shopping, but I do love a good meal, and I have been a fan of HelloFresh for years. I What I love about HelloFresh is the fact that it is for people who, like you, as you self-admit, I'm not going to say it, I said it. You said it. Not Not a big cook. Um, do you have spices at your house? Do you keep spices in those cabinets? Keep going, um, but keep also, going. also HelloFresh is <laughs> HelloFresh is also for people like me who cook constantly but are sick of the same ten things they make over and over. I mean, the dishes that I get to make with HelloFresh, I mean, excite my family. It's like it's like they actually love their mom. It's amazing. Well, you can choose over 40 different recipes every week. There is always something different to discover. But not only do I hate cooking, that is for sure, and that is why I love HelloFresh, but I also love saving money. If there's a coupon to be had, I am clipping it. Because HelloFresh not only takes the hassle out of mealtime, but it is 25% less expensive than takeout. I would challenge that number. I think it's a little bit higher. And it is even cheaper than grocery shopping. Yes, that makes sense to me. Because with grocery shopping, you cannot buy the exact proportion of what you need to make one dish. You are going to be using that smoked paprika for a long time. You probably know about their quick and easy option. They have 15-minute meals. I love those. I love handing them over to like my, my teenager and saying, you make this tonight. And she does. And it's great. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 50 solve the case and use code 50 solve the case for 50% 50% off off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50, the number 50, 50, solve the case and use code 50 solve the case for 50% off. That's a lot plus free shipping. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit, but also mine. It is sweater weather. It's sweater weather, but it's also bacon weather. Don't you think? Look at you. Uh-huh. Go on. <laughs> oh, yeah. The chill has set in, but this is like the season where I like to have something warm come out of the oven, but something that I have not spent 18 hours proofing and prepping, and but I also want it to be like I actually did. That's where Wild Grain comes in. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box of sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I have tried them all. The sourdough bread elevates any meal you have. It comes out and it's crispy on the top and warm on the inside. I can eat a whole loaf of that sourdough bread all by myself. You need some good butter, but my God, yes, it's just, it's got the right it's and you know I mean my friends who are gluten free can eat the sourdough bread and they're like good but the croissants I mean like my kids love those croissants I you pop them in the oven within fifteen twenty minutes you got fresh croissants they're perfect in the morning for school love them yeah they are very easy so now you can fully customize your wild grain box so you can get any combination of breads pastas and pastries you like and if you want a box of all bread or all pasta or all pastries. You can have it live your life. Or all apple bites. Is that what you said they were? What were they called? They are apple pie bites. They're little bites like this and they're like a little mini apple pies. I think I think they fell from heaven. I'm not sure. You're killing us out here, Wild Grain. Look, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash solve the case to start your subscription. You heard Rabia, free croissants in every box and 
$30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash solve the case. That's wildgrain.com slash solve the case, or you can use promo code solve the case at checkout. And by the way, makes a great gift, the subscription. It does yep. make a great gift. I, I gave them away last year. Mm-hmm. Wildgrain, we love you. Do you want to go first or yeah. do you want me to go first? I can go okay, first. Go. Um, and this is actually something that was brought up in the Facebook page and I wasn't aware of this. Uh, and so then I took a look and then there's a, it's a whole thing on TikTok. I'm talking about um, John Romano. Did you see this? One of our listeners. I heard about it, but I did not research it. I'm so right. glad you brought this case. Yeah. Yeah. This is interesting. Um, so John Romano apparently was um, in 2004. He was a 16 year old, 16 year old who walked into his high school with a loaded weapon and just started shooting at randomly. Now, the assistant principal, he was a bad shot. Or, I mean, according to him, well, we'll get into that, but he he didn't really, actually, he only hit one person and injured one person. Looking, nobody died. He was arrested, caught. Um, he took a plea deal, I think. And he's he got out recently. So I don't know how long he's been out, but apparently he's been on TikTok and he's a big old TikTok star. He's got a quarter million followers on TikTok. I think I have like 18. Um, and <laughs> anyhow, um, so, you know, one of our listeners posted on Facebook group that, you know, they're really upset. And there's a whole discussion underneath it that they're really upset by the fact that this guy is number one, uh, retelling his story in a way that's not accurate on TikTok. Um, because what he's saying is that he didn't intend to hurt anybody when he went, when he went to school that day, that he took the gun out and shot it at the ceiling in the classroom and to warn people. And he was just like going through stuff and he was just like a, a whatever, upset 16 year old. And he didn't mean to actually hurt anybody. Um, but also he's asking for donations. Um, and that's upsetting people that he is making any kind of money using his social media platform. He's got this huge platform. That's a lot of followers, right? 250,000 followers. Um, And so, you know, the question is, number one, should he be able to do what he's doing on social media? Um, he's, he's done his time. He's done his time, right? What does that mean for us, um, as a society? How do we engage with people who have done their time? Um, he's a convicted felon. And so should he make money off of it? Can he retell the story? Um, and then he's also, apparently he was at a homeless shelter and there he was attacked by, uh, a clearly a, a man that had clear mental illness and the guy had a sword and people at that shelter had said things like everybody kind of knew that this guy is not well. Right. And he, he was, you know, like he had been rumbling about, and he apparently tried to attack this guy, John with a sword. So that guy just got sentenced like 25 years. Okay. And so John's on TikTok saying, Oh yeah, I think that's okay. He tried to like, you know, slice me up with a sword, but also I'm upset that they didn't call it a hate crime because apparently John is white. The attacker, the sword guy was uh, a black guy. And he's saying it was a hate crime. So people are like, you racist. Um, but because I mean, hate crimes don't really work like that. Um, <laughs> so, and, and I don't know, what the, I mean, maybe the, maybe the guy who attacked him was yelling obscenities. I, I have no, or, or saying things about uh, John's race. I'm not sure. So that's, that's kind of the conversation. And I thought there's some really interesting things in this conversation. Number one being, what do people who have served their time, how do they get to be in society? Do they get to just be like anybody else? What do you think? Hmm. I, In my opinion, mm-hmm. not taking in the law, I feel like it is what what the crime was. But I have a question. <laughs> Please don't die. Please don't die on camera. If you do, can you lean on the camera? Lean into frame. Thank you. The jive went down the wrong way. <laughs> 
podcaster advocate and national bestseller chokes on chai. Yep. That's the way <gasps> I want to go. Oh my God, I don't want that to be my about damn crime, but also like that would be amazing. Kind of funny. You'd be so famous, Ellen. And then I'd be like, I'd be like, Lizzie, she had the best lips and cheekbones <laughs> around. But also, what? I'm looking for a co-host. <clears throat> <laughs> I'll call Connie. Mm. What? Sorry, question. Just what was he raising? What is he raising money for? Apparently, he says he he's at, he's soliciting do- donations for like health medical bills and things like that probably if he just living life just living life yeah i mean like if he was in a homeless shelter not too long ago because i think this happened in this past year or so um that means he's just getting on his feet yeah question also has he shown remorse do his videos appear to show remorse or any steps leading toward a better life i mean he's doing some weepy he's done some weepy videos i haven't watched a lot of them but um I've, i've seen some i'm not saying it looks completely real but i mean like what if he has no remorse but he's still done the time i mean he's done what has done the time how how, like how should that in and of itself i think is kind of significant right and but 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 he he is express he has expressed remorse people don't believe it but he has i don't know whether to believe it and how much time did he do i think he did hold on a second 17, 18 years, something like that. I can look it up, though, if you want me to look it up. Um, the reason I ask is because, well, I think that's kind of fucked up. I mean, you can – I need to watch his videos because I do believe that uh, – I mean, I do believe in second chances. 17 years. he was young – seven years? 17 years. 17 years. And did he kill someone? Nobody, or? nobody died. Nobody died. One person was shot in the leg. I mean, the thing about asking him to be deplatformed, I mean, fundamentally, you can't be deplatformed unless you've done some, you know, like Andrew Tate should have been deplatformed. There are people spreading misinformation, disinformation that should absolutely be deplatformed. So is he making money off of being a horrible person or is he a reformed person who's saying these are the lessons I've learned in prison some people that I really enjoy following on TikTok are people who have gotten out of prison yes there is this one woman you would think that she her in she didn't have blood running through her veins she had honey running through her veins Mm. but she was on drugs she did her time she is completely she talks so candidly and openly and educationally about her time Mm. in prison and she's wonderful and she has a wonderful life and she has a wonderful husband and she tells her story so openly i think it's so helpful for people to hear so someone like that um she she was part of an armed robbery i'm like absolutely i see the second chance in your eyes you can see the rumor she is one of the most beautiful spirits so i do think it's person to person is he just like a fragile white Mm -hmm. dude being like i did this can you send me five dollars so i can get chick-fil-a today (laughs) No, but is that illegal? But no, but I'm not going to send you my money. So there there are 250,000 people who are invested in his story for one reason or another. I don't think he deserves, unless he has done something horrible or said horrible things, there's no reason for him to be deplatformed. Yes, he did a horrible thing, but like the internet is free and the internet, you are free to follow and engage with and send your money to anyone you want. There are some horrible people. It's about the marketplace of ideas or, you know, it's, it's, we, we operate kind of sort of in a free market, right. Of ideas. And so, yeah, there is nothing illegal about what he's doing. I agree that he cannot be deplatformed for what he's doing. If he is not telling the story in the way that 
official reports told it. I think he should be asked the question about why is it that the official report is one thing. And I think that, you know, but in terms of like lying on the internet, really, I mean, come on, a lot of people, I mean, like filters are a lie on the internet, right? Like lies happen on the internet all the time. I have to ask the question of the people who are supporting him and sending the donations, you know, but that's their choice. You can donate to whatever horrible human being you want. I mean, like you can donate a, yeah. to anyone. You could buy six <laughs> copies of someone's book and no one is going to stop you. Yeah. yeah. You can like, do oh, anything book. you what want with your it? money. And so, you know, yes, people lie on the Internet all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I don't think I've lied, way... I've lied on the Internet, no, not maliciously. Not. I mean, really? a very you know, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how are you? I'm fine. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's every the thing I use, I'm telling you every time I use a filter, it's a lie on the internet. I don't care. Yeah, that's true. Sue me. I, I really want to see him. I want to see, I want to kind of like, yeah, check yeah. out his account. And there's a lot of other TikTokers who are taking his account to account. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot out there. I mean, I, I, I watched about 15, 20 different videos and I understand that you can be upset and you can be like, I don't like this person and I don't want, but we can't just be like booting people off left and right. No, that's, that's freedom of speech and people can really do it unless you are truly hurting people with misinformation. Yeah. Then I do think people should be deplatformed or get their Twitter pages shut down. But if you're just telling your story and what he did was a horrible thing. I mean, yeah. going into a school with a gun is a horrible thing. I'm glad yeah. he served time. And that nobody died. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the other thing is, like, in one of the comments I saw about this um, was about the fact that he's, like, you know, he's soliciting do- donations. But people brought up Son of Sam laws. Son of Sam laws were basically laws that were enacted after the Son of, son of what's his name? The, the, the Son of Sam killer. Um, oh, my God. Guys, what's his I name? I see his round face. I know. Why can't I remember his actual name? Hold on a second. Is it, uh, it starts with a B? His last name starts with a B? He's got that hair. David Berkowitz. Um, yeah. Okay. So he had sold his life story, like back in the 1970s, he had lo- sold his life story to be made into a book or movie or something. And so the Son of Sand laws were enacted. Um, in, and this happened in New York, I think, were enacted in New York to prevent people from profiting from their crimes by writing about it, by making media about it. Um, the interesting thing is, though, uh, Son of Sam laws have been struck down in like, many, many different times because um, they courts have found that they infringe on First Amendment freedom of speech, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, why can't I talk about X, Y? Now, if somebody's in prison, it's different. If somebody's done their time, they're out. It's also different. But the other thing is this. I mean, we also can't live in a society where if somebody's a felon and they've done their time, they've come out, that we're like, we just don't want you to be making any money. Like, you can't make any, like, they, people have to make money. Like, they have to live. Like, a lot of felons can't get jobs. They can't get apartments. They can't, they can't just live in society because we don't allow somebody who's a convicted felon to occupy all these different spaces, right? So, I mean, I, I don't fault this guy for seeking donations for his medical bills or his whatever, you know, life expenses. Um, it might be really hard for him to find a job at this point, you know? I mm-hmm. mean, like, it's... Um, and somebody else said something about, um, I don't think he's changed. I mean, like I, all of us change in 17 years. Like, really? I mean, like, you think he's still like that 16? I, I don't believe that he has. I think he's probably an asshole. He seems, he comes across as kind of smarmy and he's, you know, like a little bit of an entitled white guy. But um, do I think he's a danger to society? Highly unlikely to me. Right. No, well, that's where we're All at. right. Well, I'm going to take a look at those videos yeah. and report back. 
Rabia, I am so glad I get to talk about this next sponsor because I am probably their biggest fan in kind of a creepy way. Miracle Made Sheets. Did you know that your temperature at night has the greatest impact on your sleep quality? Of course I know. Of course I know. I'm all about body temperature. I wear sleep socks. <laughs> Miracle Maid's bed sheets are inspired by NASA. Mm-hmm. They use silver infused fabrics and make temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep in your perfect temperature all night long. But also, they are so silky soft. They are soft and they're beautiful sheets, by the way. When you look at them, mm-hmm. you're like, what is, how is this sheet made? Because you can see that whatever that silver infused thing they've done creates kind of like this thick, luxurious fabric. I swear it's out of a sci fi movie. I don't know how they do it. And also, I'm going to tell you something really gross. Mm. Did you know that your bed sheets have more bacteria than a toilet seat? Oh, God. I mean, it makes total sense. You're sitting there rolling your skin all around. But here's the thing. Miracle Made offers a whole line of self-cleaning. That's right. Self-cleaning, eco-friendly bedding. They got sheets, pillowcases, comforters to prevent 99% of bacteria it requires three times less laundry. You have way too many boys in your house. I I'm was sure going to say, parents of teens, run, don't walk. <laughs> run, yeah. don't walk. Yeah. Why would you sleep on yucky bacteria mm. when you can just sleep on a miracle made sheet? I don't understand. So go to trymiracle.com slash solve the case to try miracle made sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo code SOLVETHECASE at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you get a full refund. I love a money-back guarantee. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash solve the case and use the code solve the case to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash solve the case to treat yourself. Yeah, treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this podcast and not making me sleep on gross bacteria because that's gross. Well, I'm going to take a little bit of a dramatic turn today, shock and surprise to no one. I wrote some things down because this, like I said, might get a little emotional for me. We'll see. It sneaks up on me. Who knows? You know, Um, this week, uh, October 12th, to be exact, marks the 25 year anniversary of the murder of Matthew Shepard. And this was the most notorious homophobic hate crime in the in U.S. history. Now, I definitely want to stipulate that it's not the first and it most certainly was not the last. But I do believe that this story, oh, my heart is racing. I do believe that this story opened our eyes yeah. to this kind of violence. Um, and I wanted to give a brief history of what happened. Uh, I am very close to this story. When I first moved to New York, I did my very, very first job was doing the five year anniversary of the Laramie Project. And the Laramie Project is uh, something that the Taconic uh, Theater Company did compiling the stories of Matthew Shepard. I do have a point to the end of this, but I want to give everyone just a, a brief summary that I wrote out just to make sure that everyone understands this story. Of course, with anything, there are a million nuances. and But here's just like a brief summary. Uh, Matthew Shepard was born and raised in Casper, Wyoming. 
He's his mother was Judy and his father was Dennis Shepard. Judy is a beautifully prolific speaker and they relocated due to a job to Saudi Arabia. And so Matthew completed high school in Switzerland and the hate crime that we all know him for was sadly not his first. When his family was traveling in Morocco, he went out on his own for a stroll and he was abducted and raped by two men who were never actually apprehended. And after that, he notably suffered from depression and that sort of followed him through the rest of his years. He enrolled at his parents' alma mater at the University of Wyoming. Now, Matthew, if you've ever seen pictures of him, he was a slight, tiny, little, blonde-haired, blue-eyed 21-year-old. He was a poli-sci major. He had a lot of friends, and he just kind of like, you know, had a bright future. And on October 6th, 1998, he headed to not a gay bar, but like a gay friendly bar called the Fireside Lounge. Um, he had just left an organization meeting, like an LGBTQ local organization meeting that was organized by his friend Jim. And it was karaoke night. So he was going there for that. And he started talking to two men, two roofing workers, Aaron McKinney and Russell Henderson. Uh, they later told us that they learned that night about Matthew's sexuality. That is actually up for debate. And they pretended to be gay and invited him for a drink leaving the bar. And that's when they took him in his truck robbed him of his wallet, his keys, his shoes, and they beat him. Um, after that, they drove him about a mile to like a, a field and they tied Matthew to a fence and they pistol whipped him with a gun 19 or 21 times. Um, they kicked him and, you know, punched him. The next morning after that attack, a cyclist was riding by and initially mistook his body for a scarecrow. And um, when they got up close, they saw that his face was covered in blood, um, aside from some tear tracks on his face. And um, he was left to die there. But he was conscious when or sorry, he was breathing when he was found. Uh, he saw he suffered skull fractures. He never regained consciousness. And on October 12th, um, he passed in the hospital. Um, McKinney and Henderson were his same age. They were 21. And um, the police rest arrested Aaron and Russell and they faced multiple charges, um, attempted murder, Originally, and after he passed, obviously, first-degree murder, and Henderson pleaded guilty while McKinney stood trial, uh, and obviously he was convicted. Their girlfriends also faced um, conspiracy charges, the, the two men's girlfriends. Um, they were both convicted of first-degree murder and given two life sentences. They were not charged with a hate crime at the time because that actually wasn't possible right. 25 years ago right. in Wyoming. Um, and Dennis and Judy started the Matthew Shepard Foundation, one of the most um, successful and um, educational foundations. Um, 
Something that always struck me about this case, and I I got to know this case very personally because of the Laramie Project, and it was just sort of the first time I saw, you know, my uh, my friends, you know, somebody that I would have been friends with in school um, as a victim. And I remember this impacting me very, very much at the time. Um, you know, it was 25 years ago, so I was only six. But um, <laughs> yeah, one of the things that always stuck with me about this case, and I mean always, was um, Dennis Shepard made a statement in court because these two men were facing the death penalty. And um, I actually have listened to this probably 25 times, 25, I didn't probably said that because I just said 25, 25 times. And it's his statement in court. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually pulled it up and I want to play it for you guys. Yeah, this is- and then I want to talk about it after. And there is a whole reason why I'm talking about this today. Um, but I want to play it for you guys. My son, Matthew, did not look like a winner. He was rather uncoordinated and wore braces from the age of 13 until the day he died. However, in his all too brief life, he proved that he was a winner. On October 6th, 1998, my son tried to show the world that he could win again. On October 12th, 1998, my firstborn son and my hero lost. On October 12th, 1998, my firstborn son and my hero died. 50 days before his 22nd birthday. I keep wondering the same thing that I did when I first saw him in the hospital. What would he have become? How could he have changed his piece of the world to make it better? Matt officially died in a hospital in Fort Collins, Colorado. He actually died on the outskirts of Laramie. Tied to a fence. You, Mr. McKinney, with your friend Mr. Henderson, left him there by himself. But he was not alone. There were his lifelong friends with him. Friends that he had grown up with. You're probably wondering who these friends were. First, he had the beautiful night sky and the same stars and moon we used to see through a telescope. Then he had the daylight and the sun to shine on him. And through it all, he was breathing in the scent of the pine trees from the snowy range. He heard the wind, the ever-present Wyoming wind, for the last time. He had one more friend with him. He had God. And I feel better knowing he wasn't alone. Matt's beating, hospitalization, and funeral focus worldwide attention on hate. Good is coming out of evil. People have said enough is enough. I miss my son. 
but I am proud to be able to say that he was my son. Judy has been quoted as being against the death penalty. It has been stated that Matt was against the death penalty. Both of these statements are wrong. I, too, believe in the death penalty. I would like nothing better than to see you die, Mr. McKinney. However, this is the time to begin the healing process. To show mercy to someone who refused to show any mercy. Mr. McKinney, I am going to grant you life as hard as it is to do so because of Matthew. Every time you celebrate Christmas, a birthday, the 4th of July, remember that Matt isn't. Every time you wake up in your prison cell, remember you had the opportunity and the ability to stop your actions that night. You robbed me of something very precious, and I will never forgive you for that. Mr. McKinney, I give you life in the memory of someone who no longer lives. May you have a long life, and may you thank Matthew every day for Thank you very much. Well, we're just all weeping over here. Oh, um, I've never heard that before. Yeah. So, um, I, I've that that I've heard that speech so many times, and I've never, you know, I always whenever we talk about these things, I think like mercy is so obtuse and having that much um mercy for someone um is beautiful and sincerely i mean this like whenever i think i can't forgive someone i think of that speech i'm i'm not just saying that um and this crime has always stuck with me um i think it was it was like the first time you you realize like how senseless things could be but I wanted to tell you guys that um, tonight, actually, when you when you hear this, it will have already premiered. But I'm telling the star witnesses that are here, there is a two hour documentary that honors um, his legacy and his life, Matthew Shepard. Um, and it makes me think about how that was the first time I had heard about something so senseless and if I wonder if that had happened now, well, not that it doesn't, but we're so desensitized to it. And that was like the first time I had ever really heard of like a, a brutal, brutal murder like that. And um, I'm, I will be watching the documentary um, tonight, but I just kind of 
first of all, it's wild. Did you did you know that story 25 years ago? Robbie? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, of, yeah. Of course. Yeah. It had, you know, such national attention. And um, I was I'm pretty sure I was in law school when it happened. So I have vague recollections of having conversations about it and being horrified. But yeah. as a story, like what national. Yeah. And there have been, uh, you know, there was a time when Judy Shepard was what was one up or the most requested speaker, like mm. above Oprah. Wow. Like she's a, a beautiful speaker and she couldn't speak that day in court. Mm. Um, Dennis, she was going to speak. And only Dennis spoke. And that is the real um, transcript from the video from from the day. And. I can't believe 25 years has gone by and I can't believe we're not any further. And I can't believe that is a story that could happen today. And it seems so senseless back then. And yeah, I just wanted to draw attention to that documentary. It's on, um, it's on, I believe it's on ID. Wait. Um, yeah, but 25 years ago and, you know, we've talked so much about... Um, Should we make this a watch party? Yeah. We can watch it together tonight. Yeah, absolutely. We've talked so much about forgiveness and change and remorse these past couple weeks just because it's come up. Yeah. And and this has always stuck with me. So when I saw that headline, I was like, wow, this is so timely. Because the men, at least one of them, are are actually going to be on the documentary. Oh, I don't know if it's McKinley or Henderson oh, or I was both, wondering but what I know happened to them. Okay, definitely one of them are on there, and uh, I saw a blurb. That's actually what drew my attention, and he actually sounds very, very, very remorseful. I mean, twenty five mm. years later, but you know. He makes it a point to say, you know, Matthew's life mattered. And yeah, sorry, I'm in a place today. Oh. Um, well, I... So I really do want to hear from from them, you know, for, for being yeah. the two men who committed such an atrocious and heinous crime that really has stuck with the LGBT community. It's really a fabric of a, a, a part of the story. Yeah. I'm going to be really, really curious to watch it. I mean, this is like the irony of a lot of social movements that it takes something horrific, horrific uh, to call attention to something that's endemic. I mean, Matthew's not the first person. He's not the first yep. gay man to probably have been killed in a hate crime and certainly not the last. And, um, but it's always, you know, I think about the Arab Spring, which people might remember that was a thing. Um, the Arab Spring began because this something such so a fruit seller who was on the streets with a fruit cart. He had a cart like that. You know how poor you have to be to be selling street uh, the fruit off of a cart in the street. Mm -hmm. He was a fruit seller and uh, he lit himself on fire because he was so tired of the corruption and um, the local authorities would keep like robbing him of his money and he had to pay like money to just be able to stand on the corner. Like he couldn't support his family. He lit himself on fire. It was so horrific. And it literally launched a revolution across an entire portion of a continent. I mean, like, so, but there's always like something like that, right? It's always takes something so horrible, so unspeakable 
dark, dark, yeah. and um, and and something that has a, a story that will have a lasting effect, so that we can keep calling people's attention to this is what this looks like. When you say these kinds of things, when you treat people, when you dehumanize people, this is what it what it ends up looking like eventually. Um, mm-hmm. So, my God, the grace though of his father, my God, when he said, "There's nothing I'd like more than to see you dead," and then the pause. And he said, however, oh, my God, I grant you life. I hope you think, <laughs> think of for every. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have I have parts of it memorized. I've listened so many times. Yeah. And the part where he says, you know, he he wasn't alone. And, you know, he. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I will say um, this. Um, it's interesting that we're going to hear from one of them in the documentary. I do believe I do believe that people uh, can have deep remorse and. And not be the same people after 25 years in, in prison. So, you know, and but I wonder, are his are 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 the shepherds still around? Oh yeah. The Matthew okay. Shepherd Foundation is is still very, very much up and running. Actually The parents are still alive. They're still like yep, okay. Dennis actually speaks a lot. He was just speaking about trans rights very recently. Okay. They're very active okay. and they really have they have dedicated their entire life to education yeah. to help to the the Matthew Shepard Foundation is a one of the most brilliant and comprehensive organizations i really implore you to take a look if you even just just to see what they do um it's very very beautiful and you know the thing and- is like it's it's in situations like this it's 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 so hard for a parent to be like i mean just to survive a situation like that but then to create something beautiful and great like and both of them do it together i i just don't even know like what you're what they're made of to be able to to yeah. do this and sustain it for for this long i mean i wonder how they i i have a feeling the documentary will explore like how they feel about the the killers at this point yeah yeah. yeah so if you are listening to this early on wednesday or in the regular feed on thursday Please, I'm sure it will be rerun and it will be on ID. But um, yeah, 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 it's just I'm very, very curious. I, I'll loop back next week and and report back for those of you that didn't get a chance to see it. And thank you for letting me share um, that that speech. I it just I'm so is glad you very did. Profound, yeah. I'm so glad you did, and I can totally understand why you'd listen to that over and over again. It was it was beautiful. How do you? It's just you know you get even when you get trapped in the mundane and just thinking about those kinds of stakes and that kind of grace and mercy. And of course, if someone hurt your child, there's nothing more. There's no place that your brain can go other than saying, of course I want you dead. Yeah. Of course you don't get to, you know, in such a brutal fashion. Yeah. In such a, but you know, it will be rare to find, uh, it's rare to find examples so stellar of the phrase, you know, did not die in vain. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very, very much so. Don't worry, you guys. My second story is a fucking blast. Okay. I'm going to turn this frown upside down. <laughs> take take away your second story, Rabia. Yeah. Well, I have, I have two more, but this one, okay. This one also is kind of, um, I mean, it's, 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 actually speaks to one of my nightmares. Um, and it has to do with, thankfully, nobody actually got hurt. This happened in Georgia. Um, right now, police are still looking for this guy. This guy 
books himself an Airbnb. Okay. Then, and, and he, it was like a, a basement of a house. He gets to the Airbnb and then he texts the guy who owns the Airbnb, who's upstairs and says, your toilet's clogged, come downstairs. So this guy's name is, um, Khalil Hamilton. <laughs> Hamilton's like, uh, he texts the guy, his name is Jason Ling, come downstairs, toilet's leaking. Ling goes to the bathroom. When he turns around, Hamilton's got a gun and he's like, um, and a taser and he ties him up. And then he's like, you know, I, and this guy's family's upstairs. He's like, I want your wallet. I want all these, you know, like your, whatever, uh, your, uh, credit cards and whatever cash you have. So, um, he told him this stuff is upstairs. Don't hurt my family. Take whatever you want. He takes the stuff and he leaves. And before he leaves, Hamilton turns to his victim, Ling, and says, uh, you're a dumbass. Now, uh, he, he's got him tied up in the basement. Now, apparently there was also surveillance footage because Ling had cameras. Um, he managed to get himself free, ran upstairs, called the police. Um, Hamilton is out and about with whatever money he managed to get by. But first of all, I've got so many questions. Number one, how you book an Airbnb? You cannot book an Airbnb without, pay, without paying in advance, right? Isn't the that Airbnb, right? Uh, well, Airbnb charges you the day you check in, he and it in? pays. Yeah, and it and it pays the Airbnb. So it doesn't charge you a week before you make the reservation, and it doesn't get deducted from your account until you. No, no, no. I have used in. Airbnb, and I've like you know I've used it plenty of times, and there have been times when I have paid half up front and half, like when I've done like a beach house and it's costing thousands, of, and it's like you do half up front and then half. You know what? I'm yes. Now that you say that, because I have hosted, I have Airbnb hosted. Yeah, it's up to the host. Oh, I forgot. Ooh, okay. It's an option to say like, are you going to refund? Yes, okay. it is an option. Well, this guy so. had checked in and paid. Okay, so all your details are right there, <laughs> unless right. he's using somebody else's information, somebody else's credit card to pay for the Airbnb. Which maybe this is maybe this will turn out into a, like a, a longer story, but he uses somebody else's credit card that he robbed somebody else. Like I don't know. I thought that was kind of hilarious but also i have always thought airbnbs are just kind of like this perfect i've always had this nightmare of checking into an airbnb and somebody actually already being there like you know what oh. i mean yeah like like the, the 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 owner of the property is actually a psycho who is there somewhere waiting There's for a I whole just... tv show called airbnb nightmare no i didn't know yes, this it is a whole tv oh, show God, i did not know that of all kinds of crazy shit that has happened oh it it's is... wackadoo okay that's a new podcast you got to cover that um but that is i had no idea i would have checked out the tv show but i feel like it's one of the most prime kind of opportunities to, to to commit a crime so many kinds of crimes anyway yes yeah. literally like it's like lock your doors bolt your doors have a security system but also invite strangers into your I home i know i know i and i have airbnb i have airbnb all over the world yeah same, and it, it same, nothing same. has ever happened but somebody could be in the closet and be like ah yeah. time for murder you know like, how like you know how like so many times you go to airbnb they'll be like oh that one room stays locked I'm always like, what the yeah. fuck is behind that That's wall? the room. That is the room that I keep all my severed heads in. That's Please the, don't go in that's there. The like, could be anything. <laughs> I know. I mean, that and Uber, these are crazy yeah. concepts. Like, we literally summon strangers to get in their car. Yeah, yeah. We're like, please, sir, that yeah. I've never he's met. Do is, pull up and take me somewhere. He's got to turn off his nav, turn off his phone, and take you wherever he wants to go. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, um, I, 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 I kind of, at least nobody was hurt, thankfully. And I, I, kind of giggled at the whole thing because I'm like, how did you, 
either this guy's an idiot because he like literally booked the Airbnb and paid for it through his own actual like you know credentials and <laughs> credit card. And he, I don't know, or he didn't, and he's a mastermind and he's off and running with this guy's credit cards. Um, yeah. Anyway, that was my second. No, story. Airbnb is bananas, mm-hmm. and so we'll cover that TV show. What it's called network Airbnb. is it on? I don't. I, I want to say Netflix, but I'm sure that's oh. wrong. I just saw it when Joey and I were looking for another. We always look for like new shows to cover, so I always like scroll through the true crime yeah. section, yeah. and it was like Airbnb nightmares. I mean, yeah, of yeah. course that's a TV yeah. show. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna check okay. it out. My goodness. Okay, my second story. No crying from me. I promise. I've done my crying for the day. I have news. Gather around the campfire. A pastor who founded a halfway house is accused of orchestrating the theft of millions of dollars of stolen Home Depot equipment and merchandise and selling it on eBay for a profit. <laughs> for, before I get started, real quickly, together so none with of this me, coming. Uh-huh. what state do you think we're in? Florida. Ding, ding. Win-win. Yep. <laughs> Five points. Rabia Anwar Chaudhry. So Robert Dell, a 56-year-old pastor of St. Petersburg, he basically coordinated this whole theft ring with his wife, with his mima, and like some other people for years. So what they did was they stole all this merchandise from Home Depot. They resold it under account called Anointed Liquidator. We're talking a lot of wrenches, a lot of wrenches, nail guns, battery packs, laser levels, jigsaws. None of these items are small items, by the way. I don't know how you, unless you're like, if you're still in a pack of nails, maybe you can get away. How do you, jigsaws? They're like this big. How? I have no idea. But like, basically, um... Two, the, like these two guys, not family members. The family members did all the behind the scenes stuff. Two guys would go and they would like steal. They would go across like seven counties. They would go to, they'd hit like five, six, seven stores a day. Wow. They would go to all these stores, rotate who was going in there. It was a whole thing. Then they would bring the merchandise to Dell and Dell would resell it online. So he faces felony charges of conspiracy to commit racketeering, dealing in stolen organized property, (laughs) dealing. They did the organized kind, not the (laughs) not the not the crazy chaos one. Yeah, chaos one and racketeering. He was also charged with drug drug possession. He's being held on $750,000 bond. So guess how much they sold between or they profited between 2016 and just now when he was caught in 2023. In seven years? Um, I don't know, a few hundred thousand dollars? Three million. Holy crap. What? All Home Depot. All Home Depot. Why only Home Depot? Why not Lowe's or Ace yeah. <laughs> or anywhere or Walmart? Um, I don't know if Josh is here today, but he used to work loss prevention at <laughs> Walmart. These play. I don't know what's happening over there, but yeah. So Dell's wife, who's thirty nine, we'll talk about that another time, mm-hmm. oh. and his seventy two year old Mima 
were charged as co-conspirators. <laughs> They're being held on a quarter million dollar bond. And yeah, and 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 gather around. He's pled not guilty. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, eBay the eBay list, I mean, it is cost. <laughs> All the but stuff, that, like, in his garage, basically. Uh, he's shipping it out himself, fingerprints all yeah, over it. Yeah, wow. packing it up. Old Meemaw, like, getting, you know, calloused fingers maybe from Mima all thought, those- Maybe she thought it was a legitimate business. Maybe she's like, my son is a importer-exporter of fine goods. Hardware oh, and goods. you guys, he has a 100%, like, rating on eBay. He was like, great seller. <laughs> exactly what I- Reliable. Seeing. Reliable. New in the box. Look at this nail gun. It's amazing. It is bananas. But like, how did it take them so I don't know. long? What is up? happening at Home Depot? What is happening in this, the, all the Home Depots in those seven counties? Because the same two men are showing up over and over and over. That means those men were in each store at least a couple of times a week. Yeah, because they, they went over. They were seven counties. I mean, they weren't going very far. But when you think about it, that's not a lot. So if they would go to like, you know, five to seven stores a day and yeah. he was like, Earl, you go in today. All right, Silas, you go in tomorrow. <laughs> but after a while, Earl and Silas aren't purchasing anything and they're walking around with a shit ton of merchandise. Yeah. Like, how do you get out with it? I don't understand. I, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I am a prolific Lowe's and Home Depot shopper. The I cannot, I unless what they did was they took like, they had shopping bags and receipts to make it look like, you know what I mean? And they bagged it up and it kind of walked out to make it look like they had been paid for. Or, or they had, some, and I will say this, a lot of times those places are pretty poorly manned. Like there's times when I'm like, I'm trying to check out and I'm like, is there anybody here who could actually help yes. me? This is completely empty. It's like a ghost town. So that could have been it too, but shame on you. Home, Home Depot, Depot is, is honestly the worst. Yeah. Like, uh, they probably, you know. they probably also, they got insurance for that. I mean, like, you know, everything's covered for them. They're not losing nothing probably. Sorry. Home Depot says that they lost about $5 million from the scheme. Mm. And they said that they, this, this group said they sold or profited around 3 million. Wow. So there's like a $2 million yeah. gap there. But That's I the mean. the markup. That's the Home Depot markup. Yeah. Yeah. But I, like imagine if there's like smaller rings and I get it, you know, but all, but truth be told, loss prevention falls on the the head of yeah. the consumer. Yeah. We, you know, they build loss prevention into those prices of those nail guns. You think they're getting those nail guns for $129.99? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. So Pass best of luck to Robert in prison. And mm-hmm. let's cross our fingers that Meemaw knew nothing about it. And, you know, she's an innocent victim, but We'll okay, see. So he, he's Let's just pleaded guilty, so we have no idea yet what he's going to be sentenced or not guilty. Excuse me. What, the, what, he's going to trial. That means he's going to trial. I want to hear he that. He pleaded trial. not guilty. Like, dude, that's all they all they just pull oh. all that shit off your computer. What you know are you what? doing? Listen, I I like the gumption. I'm going to keep an eye on Robert, Pastor Robert, because he's he's got he thinks he's got God on his side. <laughs> he's gonna yeah. God's like you're on your own. <laughs> Also, give me back my cloak. <laughs> Stop using my name in vain. Uh, yeah. So we'll see what happens to Robert. Anyway, Robert. Also, I need a sander because I'm going to start a furniture flipping business. So if you want to send me one, I'll send you my address. Did they sell wallpaper and is it still available on eBay? I have decided, Ellen, I'm wallpapering this whole goddamn room. I know you believe in like the accent walls looks really hot, but I want the whole room 
wallpaper. I love that. Is that too much? I love that. I just want to bring I'll me joy. That. This is making make me sad. Uh, well, you I, know, my, my whole hallway has those peacocks. Oh, God. So. I love them so much. I love them so much. Okay. I have yeah. one last story to wrap up with. Let's do, it. do you have one more story or are you done? No, go for it. Okay. And that is that uh, a hearing took place last week um, at the uh, Supreme Court of Maryland. It used to be called the Court of Appeals of Maryland, but they want to be called the Supreme Court, which is fine. They're now the Supreme Court of Maryland. And uh, this was in Adnan's case. Again, this guy behind me, you've heard of him. Um, and people are very confused as to like what I thought all the charges were dropped. Yes, they were. Um, basically, charges were dropped last year. He was released after a hearing took place. Um, the hearing was to for a judge to decide on a motion the state brought to vacate the conviction. That was not a dropping of charges. Dropping of charges had happened two weeks later. Victim's family appeals and says that whole hearing needs to be done over again. We didn't get enough notice. That is the heart of the issue. Did they get proper notice? Um, this hearing went every which way but uh, but up. It, it was just bonkers. I don't, I mean, like they, like the lawyers really didn't even, Adnan's lawyer didn't really even get out of the gate with her opening statements. Judges just went right for questions. Panel of seven judges, one or two of them who have ruled against Adnan in the past. This could go either way. I mean, when I say either way, we're talking about like two such extreme outcomes. Like if, if they rule it in Adnan's favor, it's over, 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 over. It's over. It means that they, the court has found that this is, this issue is moot, which is what his lawyer argued. She said, it's moot because you can't, you can't make us do a hearing over to vacate a conviction that doesn't exist anymore. The charges were dropped. This whole thing is moot. That's one possibility. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities, but that's one extreme possibility. The other extreme possibility is like, nope, the conviction stands. The hearing gets done over. We don't care if charges were dropped, which is weird because like, how do you reinstate charges without a new indictment? But anyway, we're going to send it back all the way down for a new hearing to do the whole thing over so the victim's family can just be there and say what they said at the first hearing over Zoom. Um, and in that case, if the court decides that the, the charges were not properly dropped and he still has a conviction standing. Could he be reincarcerated? Yes, he could. So literally, these are two very extreme like possibilities that he could actually go back to prison or he could just be completely scot-free forever. Um, and anything in between could happen, frankly. Like they could piece it out and say, well, we find this, but we don't want him reincarcerated, but we want that. I, I don't know. It's the whole, it's a novel issue. Never happened before in this state or any other state, I don't think. I don't think any other exoneree has gone through this. Anyhow, I was there with Adnan and his family and some supporters and then we went for lunch and Adnan had his first crab cake. That was fun to watch. Um, went to an Amish market. He bought me a bunch of cheese and butter. Anyway, um, that's that. And so, you know, but it, it, as always, whenever something happens in Adnan's case, like literally the like New York Times is covering it. Like it's, it becomes national news and um, I'm just so sick of it. We're all exhausted and we just want it to be over. So, you know prayers up, fingers crossed, toes crossed, whatever you want to cross, um, that we, I expect a decision for the end of this year. And like I said, it could, it could go all kinds of wrong or all kinds of right. What do you see as being the like sort of three or four main outcomes? Well, these two that I talked about, yeah, which is that they're like, it's moot. The whole thing is right. just, we're just missing, which my right. thing is like they could have done they could have dismissed the appeal as soon as they had gotten the appeal, but like this whole thing right. was moot. So right. there's that. Um, or they're like, nope, the whole thing goes back down. I think what they're gonna do is I think they're gonna because they have to balance victims' rights with because this is the popular thing to do, victims' rights with um with defendants' rights, right? Like the right of a defendant 
to have due process. Um, the, the thing is, the the victim's family's lawyer, who I frankly thought was a complete idiot, um, was making a crazy ass argument. He was arguing way beyond notice. He wasn't even arguing that we didn't get enough notice. He said the victim's family should have been able to present evidence in the case. And one of the judges, like, uh, at the hearing. Oh, right. Yeah. You said this on your live. They, yeah. They can't do that. That's not how it works. The state presents evidence. And one of the judges was like, well, what if, like, oh, yeah, we could put Mr. Lee, the, her brother, under oath to testify. To testify against what? To testify to what? The, the, the charges were dropped because, or the conviction was vacated because they found a Brady violation. That Brady violation means the prosecutor in 1999 did some shady shit and hit evidence that he should have turned over. How is the victim's brother going to testify to that? What personal knowledge does he have of that that would have any uh, impact on the outcome of the case? I don't know. Anyway, I, I think they're going to send it back down, but at the same time, and do say, do the hearing over, which is an effing uh, waste of taxpayer dollar, but okay. But at the same time, say that we are not going to mandate that Mr. Sayed be reincarcerated. I think that right. would be the balance. But I don't know. I mean, Colin Miller came up with like eight different scenarios that are possible. And he's an evidence professor, so he knows more than me. But um, if you follow him, go on Twitter, you can follow him um, and see what he has to say. But we'll see. I mean, it's we're, we're going to get the decision pretty soon, I'm pretty sure. In an instance like this, how do you put that out of your head? Like, how do you just sit? Like, how does he just sit and wait? For that news, I would just go back and forth. Well, it could be this. Well, it could be that. You know. Well, I know Adnan, and I know, um, and he's actually said that he he is, I think, mentally preparing for the worst because that is emotionally easier to do if the worst happens because anything but the worst would just be a happy surprise for him. So he is mentally. He has actually said publicly um, that I will turn myself back in if I have to. I'm not going to run. So wow. Yeah. And you think it will take till the end of the year? I think before the end of the year as well, which is fairly. Fast, and I don't think they're going to, want to drag it out into 2024. Here's the thing: most of the time, these judges already know what they're going to say or how they're going to rule before they enter the courtroom. The hearing is just the oral arguments are designed to get some questions answered, pose some weird hypotheticals, put the lawyers on their toes, and then go back and write their opinion exactly how they intended to. Anyways, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, keep us updated, and um, oh my stars. Well, thank you all so much for joining this episode of About Damn Crime. Remember, we bring you this style podcast every other week and then our talk show with our guest every other week after that. It, did that make any sense? I don't know. Uh, if you would like to join our Patreon, you can find us at www.patreon.com slash Rabia in Ellen. That's where you can get true crime. That's where you can get about damn crime every week, as well as you can do our watch parties. We also have a couple more things after we record every episode. We have a couple more things to talk about usually, and you can find that bonus content there. Yeah, and, and, and we bring back guests too that we've had. Yep. yep. We bring back guests and we have follow-up conversations. There is some great stuff there. And if you haven't caught up to all of our general feed, go on ahead and do that too. Did you and mention you the uh, speak pipe stuff? Uh, nope. We actually have a speak pipe episode coming out, but you can send us a voice memo at speakpipe.com slash solve the case not Rabia and Ellen and tell them where to find us on social media. Um, we are, uh, we have a Facebook group that is private. You just gotta, please answer the questions. So I'll let you in because I'm a little bit of a, I'm a little bit of a stickler when I see people don't answer the question. This is three easy questions. I, 
I I don't reject them anymore, Ellen, because of you. But I don't let them. Well, in only either. if they're already in the I think not group. Okay, I never go that far to check. Right, shall. Anyway, um, yeah, Robbie and Ellen, look look at uh, look us up on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. Find us on YouTube at Robbie and Ellen. We are on Instagram and do you tweet? I think we tweet once in a while. I don't tweet anymore. Um, Ever since X. it changed, I just don't. I just don't do it. I used I to get love it. Twitter. I hate it too. It's and X. so it's X. You can also email us at rabiaandellen at gmail.com. Leave us a speak pipe message. And if you're feeling fancy and you feel like leaving us a five-star review, please go ahead and do that. It just helps people find us and find our show. And um, that's about it. We thank you all so much for joining us on About Damn Crime. And follow us on YouTube. Oh, my God, yes. Please subscribe on YouTube. Also, um, make us a general, make, make us a frequent topic of conversation for dinner and holidays. And tell people... Um, listen to us yeah. yeah and you can always send us uh cases that you want us to talk about mm-hmm. with our guests we have an ongoing list as well as anything you would like to see on about damn crime until next week bye bye my beautiful rabia bye ellen love you see you later love you guys thanks for joining